Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Plymouth Argyle podcast. Joining me to look back on new signings and an exciting time at home park is Jack Ball. Hiya, Jack. Hello. And a special welcome to Danny Salmon. Hi, Danny. Hi, Al. All right. Hi, Al. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Yes, yes, it's the holiday time. Don't warm up yet. Hello. Danny Salmon. Well, it's great to have you on board, Danny. Um, exciting times at Argyle, aren't they? Well... Yes, I mean, it's always exciting um, when something new happens um, and we had a bit of a, a struggle, obviously, last season, you know, um, after what I would call as three very good seasons, um, you know, the, the last season was a was a poor season, you know, we had a little bit of a, a run from, I think, from you know, January to March where things were looking very bright and then we had that terrible... Um, run towards the end to the end season and get relegated. So I think you know when you've had that sort of uh, run, I think everyone's looking forward to um, new new times, uh, new signings, new manager, new ideas. Um, so there's a little bit of an upbeat feeling about the place at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean that's a surprising thing, isn't it? So often a team will get relegated and you still have the same manager, the same players, you know, the same ownership, but everything's so fresh at Argyle, and I think that's what brings that optimism and excitement. Well, it does, but you know, supporters are supporters. They're they're either up or they're down. There's nothing in between with them, um, and and I think that um, obviously Rob Lowe has done absolutely brilliantly. A club that is really in a bad way at the moment, and and he, he got them promoted with some exciting football, lots of goals scored, and I think that's what the Argyle fans are, are, are thinking about. That they're thinking that hopefully he brings that sort of excitement um, to to Plymouth Argyle. You know, and only time will tell whether that will be the case. You know, and so we'll, you know, I'm glad everyone's upbeat about it because you don't want to be sort of dreading the season. So, you know, hopefully ticket sales are up and everyone's looking forward to the season. Oh, very much so. Well, there's one person who's very excited about the new season, and uh, that's our friend here, Jack Ball. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. There's a few reasons for that. Firstly, because I've obviously taken a decision to move away from sport work-wise, so I can go back to Argyle next year as a fan, which I really can't wait for. You know, it'd be nice to actually watch a game rather than having to type everything that's going on in a live blog. Um, so I'm looking forward to that mainly and being a season ticket holder again um, and the fact that Ryan Lowe's come in Argov paid compensation for him he's an exciting manager um, that got very promoted as Danny said in spectacular style I think over 100 goals in all competitions last season it's hard not to get excited really you know Argov don't tend to get managers where they have to pay a fee that are on an upward spiral they tend to get someone that's either been sacked or you know Derek Adams was a relative unknown um, but Ryan Lowe's just so exciting from the off isn't he so that's an exciting um, exciting addition and the fact well, I know we'll speak more about the players in a minute but he's brought in some exciting players but even just the way he talks and I mean I know it's all very early days and there's no pressure at the moment because there's no football being played and I get all that but after what happened with Derek Adams and how introverted he became and how he didn't want to give any information to not just us you know the we, we, you now, you, Chris, the 
copy you do is not for the benefit of your health. It's so fans can read it and get some sort of insight into what's going on at the club. And by Derek Adams not giving so much away, I think it was a fan sort of being let down. And you see now that Ryan Lowe's come in, he's been very open and honest. And that, that might change after time, who knows? But so far it's so good and it's just a breath of fresh air, I think, at the moment. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned the players there. Let's, um, let's have a look at the signings he's made so far. First one was Joe Edwards. Um, perhaps not the player that people were expecting him to sign first up, but um, a real manager's player, Danny. Well, he is. You, you need you need players um, at this moment in time that are trustworthy, that are good professional players that have, have been around the block once or twice, played at a, a good level. Um, you know, and I think that's what he's looking for. He's looking for that exciting potential as well. He's got you know looking at one or two youngsters uh, as well uh, further down the line. But right now, I think we need some stability. And I think that you know he's getting people that are going to be good in the dressing room that you know know about football and know about that those sort of levels of football. So yeah, I think that uh, you know the the people that he brought in at the moment seem on paper very good signings. Yeah, well, I mean with Joe Edwards, he's he's a solid pro, isn't he? he can play fullback. Probably looks. I mean we we we're fairly sure that um, Ryan Lowe is going to play this three four one two system that you liked so much at Berry last year. Yeah. So it looks as though Edwards is going to come in and play as that one in front of the three, replacing Jan Songo. And I think you sort of need that experience heading that position, really, because you, you, Jan Songo wasn't the most, what's the word, uh, fanciful player in terms of no. his football skills weren't, weren't the best, you know, he was, but he did his job well. And last season, the fact that he was, I think, the second player of the year, just behind Ruben Lemira shows how well he did. He had absolutely storming games. I think in that position, also losing David, David Fox. David Fox was a good player in that position as well. You, yeah. So you've lost two very experienced yeah. players, especially David Fox, who had the you know the football intelligence really. And I think Joe Edwards has come in and is going to be the sort of experienced head that hopefully can sort of follow on from David Fox and just get the job done. We've spoken before about, I think in League Two, you don't need to have all the frills and spills to get promoted. You need a very pragmatic team that can do their jobs well. And... Overridingly, my, my view is Ryan Lowe has a good record. He's done nothing at the moment to make anyone think that he won't bring in good players. And no matter who he brings in, you just got to put your back, your, your faith in them, and, and get behind them and support them. And I think that's what Argyle fans will do. Mm. And that type of signing, Danny, as, as Jack touched on there, you know, it's important to have different types of players, isn't it? You know, you want your goal scorers up front. You need, you, and you need your sort of Joe Edwards to, okay. to make a team. Absolutely, every 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 manager now buys players to fit a system that suits them. Now, the lower leagues is a little bit different because you haven't always got the money to do that. The top level, you have. A manager will have an idea of how he wants to play and he'll buy those players to play that system. You know, if they want a holding player, they'll go and get Kante and, you know, one or two. So, it's great that he's got a view of how he wants to play and he's going to bring in players that are going to play in those positions mm. and, and whatever he can get for the, you know, the budget that he's got. And it is important that like the Premier League, like the Championship, that League One and Two teams also, if they're going to play that way, they're going to have to bring in individuals that play to the system that the manager wants. Otherwise, what you're going to do is you're going to come into a club and then you're going to go, right, oh, well, he can't play at right back, so I'm going to have to play him at left back. And, and so I'm going to have to make do with that because I can't bring anyone else yeah. in. So it is important. I'm glad that he knows exactly what he wants. Whether he's right or wrong is another question. But as long as a manager gets what he wants, then he can't blame anybody else for, yeah. for it. It's, it's interesting to say that because I spoke to Ryan Lowe yesterday and I, I did actually put that to him. I said, you know, are you going to stamp your philosophy on Argyle 
or do you look at the players first and try and you know yeah. find a system to suit the players mm-hmm. that you've got? And he was adamant. He's like, no, it's my my way. Yeah, going to do it my way. If anyone can't, yeah. you know, play that way or or can't learn how to play that way, they're out and, the door. And do you think part of that reason why there's been that change where managers want their stars because they don't get long as a manager? It's, they yeah, don't well, have the time to train. The, 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 the biggest problem with that is that you haven't always got the finances to bring in the players that you want. Mm of the quality to play in those positions. So I, I'm, I'm happy that he's got his own philosophy and he wants to stick to it. But you have to be adaptable because at the lower end, especially in League Two, you haven't got the luxury of having to go, right, he's not doing the job, I'm going to go and get somebody else to do it. You might not find that person or you might not have the money for that person. So you're going to have to either put somebody in there that does as best as job as you can get or you're going to have to change the system. Because if a system is not working because you haven't got the players to play that system, it's like trying to play long balls over the top and you've got somebody slow up front. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can't. Well, it's like Derek Adams was starting to get very criticised for when his system didn't work, he never changed it. I, I mean, you can argue there were variations a little bit, but ultimately he stuck with a system that at times didn't work and you started having Conor Grant, who was a central midfielder, playing at left back and you started having Ashley Smith-Brown as a left back playing at right back because the people that were brought in to play in those positions weren't doing the job to the level required. But, and that's the problem. If you haven't got the players at your club that can do that job as well as you want it or it's falling down because of that, then what cho- you've got two choices. You either keep on doing it or try somebody else in that position or you've got to change the system. But if Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool had that problem, they'd just go and buy a player yeah. for that position. So, and, and yes, it's great that managers in the lower levels are still trying to get that philosophy. It's my philosophy. I want to play way my way because I think that's the most exciting. But you've got to have the money and the players to play it what happens if he brings all his players and it doesn't work? What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and you can't go out and buy, spend 100 grand, 200 grand on a player. Then obviously he's going to have to be adaptable. But right now, he's right to try and do what he feels is best for him and the players. Let's see what happens when things are maybe. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but if it starts to fall down, he's got we, should, we shouldn't forget as well that Argyle, I think, do have quite a good budget in League Two. It's probably the best budget they've had for a while. I know when Ryan Lowe came yeah. in, he said he was very happy, and that was before Carey left. Said, Over the moon, but that was before yeah. Carey left. That was before Lemiris left, who would have been on quite hefty wages. That was before Ladipo was sold for five hundred thousand pounds. He's made it clear that all of that's not going to go into the playing budget, and he's not going to necessarily request it. But the fact is, it was already over the moon. There's more money, so I think actually he's. In terms of what we're used to at Argyle, there's more money there than what perhaps well, used to. Well, he's a spend. bit more fortunate because one, we've gone down a league, and we're a bigger club than most in that, yeah. that level. Secondly, we've had a, a bit of an influx of, of money released from players that have left their wages have been quite big, i.e. Carey and Lemires, and you've got the ladder pub money. Whereas the year before, we didn't have that, so we had, I think, a much smaller budget for League One than we have now. And I think that that has helped Rob Lowe. And I think it's a good thing. And I'm glad. I'm not saying that, you know, it, it was bad for uh, Derek Adams and, you know, Rob Lowe's got it better. I'm not saying that, but there is an advantage now where it's it's gone that way for him. So, Ryan Lowe. Ryan Lowe. I do, I do apologise. <laughs> Rob Lowe is the guy from Pet Shop Boys. He is, it? yeah. And I don't even like the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> um, one other thing I want, point I want to make... Um, I guess what works to Ryan Lowe's advantage is the fact that he's coming to Argyle and because there's so much scope to bring in so many players, it makes it easier to adapt that philosophy, I guess, rather than look at those players and, and you know, find a system that suits them. I also think, though, that some of those players didn't 
weren't suited to the formation that Derek Adams played and might be more suited to this to formation. This, well, you look at the, Tafari Moore, yeah, Ashley Smith Brown, their defensive side of the game wasn't the best. And I think going forward, they looked quite good. So possibly playing wing backs. So some of these players that Derek Adams signed for a certain position that weren't working particularly well could work better under. Well, to be, to be fair, that's a good point because we mentioned it during last season. Mm-hmm. We're sitting up there watching the game and I'm thinking, well, what we've got to play a different system to suit Tafari Moore. Um, and I uh, think on the other side, it, it, Ashley Smith Brown. I was amazed that we didn't change it like that because as wing backs, I thought they were very useful. As full backs, they get getting caught out. Mm. So, but you know, you've got to be bold and brave as a manager. And sometimes that's where Derek Adams, I'm not going to knock him because I think even though he had his faults, I think, you know, he did bring the success back to Plymouth Argyle for two, two and a half, three years. And I think that. He fell down because of his communication skills and the fact that I think it got very personal with him and the supporters. And he did make mistakes, definitely. And whether it was right or wrong for him to go, I mean, it got to a point where he had, I don't think there was a choice. He had to go because it got very toxic at the club. Um, so I think that, you know, I think we've got to recognise that he did do well up to a point, but I think it was really his downfall that what he did and how he did it with the lack of communication and, and having a problem with the Herald and having a problem with the supporters, that wasn't something that was very sensible of him. And I think that there was no choice in the end. And I think that uh, now you've got somebody that's got a lot more communication skills. He's happy to tell people what he wants and how he wants it. I think that, like you said, a breath of fresh air. And um, I think everyone's looking forward to that. Yeah. One of the first things he's done as well, of course, is to return to his former club, Berry. Um, the, the signing of Danny Mayer, I mean... One, it's a fantastic signing for Argyle. Secondly, I don't think I've ever seen... It's certainly one like that when you signed for Argyle, Danny, the reaction that we've had to the signing. It's been, it's well, been it's, crazy, it's, isn't it? It's more it? like smoke signals than Twitter back then, wasn't it? <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that long ago? Harsh. <laughs> Actually, I was on TV the first day I came to me around. Black so and white or colour? Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make my if, if the readers uh, can just switch off for a second. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I think the, there's euphoria at times. I, I think we've got to be very careful. I mean, you know, the lad can handle probably the pressure and, and he's done ever so well and he's a good signing and he has got great pedigree um, and I'm glad that everyone's excited. Um, uh, and let's hope that we don't put too much expectation on him because I think um, we need the other players around him um, and there, there are signings still to be made to make that squad into a competitive squad for League Two, I think. Even though we've dropped the league, I still think that there's some, some work to be done. And I was going to say though, Jack, I mean, it's, it's such a massive signing because of the d- disappointment the Green Army would have felt having lost Ruben Lemaires and, and Graham Carey. Well, that's the weird thing for me, as you know. I, I'm surprised at how undisappointed I was when they left. And, and that wasn't because of anything they did, because I think that they both were fantastic during their time here. But the appointment of Ryan Lowe is just filled with this overriding optimism that until someone puts it out, I'm going to keep keep having if that makes sense. So I'd sort of never really had an overriding disappointment. And certainly for those that did, Danny Mayer signing, I'm sure it's going to go some way to appeasing that. And I can't remember, it must be the championship days where the last time Argos signed someone that was so exciting from the start. You know, Graham Carey was great in his time, but no one knew who he was when yeah. he arrived. The fact Argos signed a player that's been described by many journalists as the best player in League Two last year on a free transfer when there was interest from Ipswich Town, we're led, we're led to believe, is, is remarkable. And it's, it's a great insight into the team that he's trying to bring together and what Argyle can hopefully look forward to. 
Danny's quite right, you can't put all the pressure on one player, but it certainly helps to have that sort of marquee name. Mm. Not only for fans to have something to buy into when they're thinking about season tickets or ticket sales or shirt names or, or buying new shirts, but just to have that person that you can, can excite you going forward, you know, it, getting it, bums off seats. Yeah, it does help that the fact that he's worked with him. Yeah. And, and, you know, he trusts, they trust each other and it's not as difficult when you're a manager and you've had success with that player to actually convince him to come to actually a relatively big club in League Two, because we've got the new state, new grandstand being built, it's on the up new chairman, it, and you, 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 you take a look around Plymouth and you go to the seafront, it's not a difficult sell if you sell it properly. And I think knowing him and also bringing him to a club that in League Two is a big club, I think, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's sort of a miraculous, I think Danny Mayer's done a you know, sensible thing because he's working with somebody that trusts him. Yeah. Well, that was exactly what, what um, Ryan Lowe said to us yesterday and, and what Danny said as well. He said, you know, this is a football decision for him. You know, he knows that Ryan Lowe gets the best out of him. It would have been more of an unknown quantity, I guess. Absolutely, going somewhere else, yeah. Yeah, so he's come here. Um, I mean, he, the way Ryan Lowe talks about him, though, is I, I find really interesting. He's described him as a League One stroke championship player. And speaking to him yesterday, he said to me that he feels he's better than Lemirez and Kerry. So, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's a good thing that he's saying that, but only time will tell because we would have said the first two seasons Kerry was here. I mean, we were all wowed by him. Yeah. You know, no, he could do no wrong, could he? And Lemirez over the last couple of seasons, from January onwards, <laughs> has been unplayable at times. You know, he has been unplayable at times, and so you know, and everyone was excited about him. So yes, I think he's just another added addition to those two when they were at their peak. And, and it's a great addition to have, especially like Jack said, we've lost those two creative players in midfield. And the point you make is very interesting about, you know, working with someone that you know that can get the best out of you. Because it'll be very interesting to see how the likes of Ladapo who's left Argyle, who by and large, before he came and worked under Derek Adams, had a quite poor spell as a yeah. strike in front of goal. Did well under Derek Adams. It'll be interesting to see how he goes on. You know, it's, it's, making these decisions for players are, are key, aren't they? It's especially with the, the sort of added burden of being Rotherham's record signing now as well. You know, that, that comes with a pressure in itself, I guess. Well, it does. I mean, you know, it may not be a fortune in the real world of football, but it's a big money. Yeah, you know, because one. League One and League Two teams do not sign players for a lot of money anymore, if any. You know, it's a lot of free transfers, a lot of um, uh, money doesn't change hands uh, there. So it just depends on how much he looks at himself. I mean, players, some players are just born confident. Now, I don't know Ladipo that well personally. So whether he can handle that at Rotherham or not, well, only time will tell. Um, I think there are times when you saw him play and you thought he's got a lax a lot of things. Hold up play wasn't great and, and he's aerial and that sort of thing. But what he was good at, playing it down the channels and, and, and getting in behind people. Um, he had these little spurts of good play. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if he can handle the play. We know that Danny Mayer is going to be out of hand the pressure, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. One final signing, uh, Will Ameson. Argyle conceded 80 goals in League One last year. Only Scunthorpe conceded more with, with 83. A, a clear and obvious area of... Uh, Pace. Improvement was needed. Well, yeah, you spoke, pace. you spoke about pace early on, Danny, didn't we you? We lack so much pace in that side. It, I, I, and if you lack pace in your football team, it, it's, it's, it's a problem. But if you lack pace and you ain't got anybody to come in to replace that, then you've got to do things differently. And that's the one thing that I was harking on last season. That our, I, I don't know what we were doing in training. I don't know what the players were thinking. But when you've got people like Songo playing alongside... 
um, Ryan Edwards and whoever else played alongside him, you know, whether it be Canavan or we, we're trying to play a high line, we're trying to squeeze up, you know, players getting in behind us and I'm thinking we're just not playing clever and lack of pace, our fullback areas was quite obvious as well. Both our fullbacks kept getting caught out as well. Mm-hmm. And there was no, this is what we are, this is our team. Let's work hard in training and sort this out. Drop off, have somebody in front, get the fullbacks to come back a little bit earlier. You know, it should have been sorted out and it wasn't. But having no pace, and we didn't have a lot of pace in midfield either. If you look at Ness wasn't yeah. quick, Fox wasn't quick, Songo yeah. wasn't quick. So the whole team lacked natural pace. Ladipo had a bit of pace about him, yes. But everywhere else, we were, you know, fullback areas. Joe Riley wasn't the quickest. You know, Gary Sawyer is not quick. So we were getting caught out with teams that were mobile and sharp. Um, Peterborough being a fine example, playing three up front, and we were just getting caught in behind. And um, I think that that area there, and I think Will Ameson is, is noted to be quick. Yeah. Um, and I think that we need to, yes, you have to have ability, yes, you have to have experience, but you also, we, we also need pace. Yeah, well, people I don't know about Will Ameson, um, speaking to Ryan yesterday, he said he's strong, powerful, and he feels he's one of the quickest in his position in, in League Two and has the potential to go on and, and play in the Championship. Only 25 as well, so he's, he's a good age. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's always hard when you sign centre-backs because it's not a fanciful position. There's not always the hype around them as there is with the likes of Danny Mayer yeah. or, or, or strikers. But so important. You've got, you've got to get it right. Uh, you're quite right, our goal, because he did so many goals last season and the team turned into almost anti everything that Derek Adams had built up because his teams had always yeah. been solid defensively before that. They got onto the end of set pieces. The centre-backs weren't scoring many goals. Now, I don't know what Williamson's goal record's like, but if you can get a centre-back scoring five or six goals in a season, that's two centre-backs and that's another 10 goals. Mm. I think all of these things are important and our goal were so slow last season. It was painful to watch and you could see the problems them coming a mile off and they couldn't do anything about it. The fact that he's addressed it and the fact that he's signed another player that's worked with him before, I think it, it bodes well and it'll be interesting to see who he names as captain. Now, he might not be here yet, but maybe Will Ameson sounds like someone he trusts. I don't know. Well, I think him, yeah, I think Will Ameson or Danny Mayer, I mean, he, he's, he's got to give people that he trusts that captaincy. But, you, you know, we don't know what they're like in the dressing room. And players sort themselves out in the dressing room. You know, you sit down and you'll know the leaders in the dressing room within five minutes of meeting people. And when you play your first game, you'll know the leaders out there. Now, obviously, you know, the easy thing for me to say is that everyone should be leaders. Everyone should be vocal and talking. But there's always the one or two that are the ones that stand out. Um, and I think that, you know, Ryan... Ryan Lowe will, will find that person once pre-season comes along in training sessions. That person will become obvious to him. Also, it's worth pointing out as well, it's important our goal sign centre-backs, not just for a number of reasons, but the fact that Canavan and Wooten were injury-prone last season. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully they can stay fit this year. And, you know, League 2 is a step down from League 1, so maybe some of the players that didn't quite reach the level expecting League 1 can do a job in League 2. But they were injury-prone. There's no getting away well, from that. They signed as injury-prone as well. Well, exactly. So you so. need to have players that you can rely on to be fit for 40 plus games a season and I think sadly that's why Jamie Ness was released because if he was fit more regularly I'm sure he would have been off a new deal because when he was on his game he was a tough tackle no nonsense midfielder yeah I mean you need players like that uh, but again you can't have too many players that are the same mm. I mean Jamie Ness and Fox um, mobility wise were very similar Songo again similar you know we didn't have that energy in that central midfield area that you need sometimes um, and I think we need to find it and if you know, if, if ever I, 
You know, I played football for a long time and I know that, you know, my, my whole game was around pace. I, my, I was quick. And you could gamble and you can, you can take chances, but it makes life so much easier if you can play football and you've got that pace. And you could, the higher you go, you'll find that everybody's quick. It's very rare you'll find even centre-halves now that can ball play. They're all got, they've all got a turn of pace about them now. And uh, unless you're a really, really good footballer and read the game well, um, pace has become a very important part of the game. Well, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. Um, plenty of good Argyle chat so far. Jack, with Ryan Lowe, um, he's, he's so sort of positive with, with what he says, um, you know, whenever we speak to him, really. What, what is it specifically that you've liked to hear from him so far? It's, it's always hard when a new manager comes in to not say the right things, really, if you're being honest. You know, you, you're going to say all the right stuff. Derek Adams said all the right stuff when he came in. I'm sure John Sheridan said all the right stuff when he came in. So it is quite easy. To, it, it's hard to say the wrong thing, is what, I, what I'm it's trying to say. It's easy to talk the talk. Yeah, but the thing with Ryan Lowe is, even though it's a fairly small record, he's got a good record where you can see that he's not just talking about pipe dreams. He's talking about things that he's done, that he's achieved, that he's brought to a team. Um, I, I, all I want from a manager is someone with passion, which he seems to have, someone that's honest with fans and treats fans like they're important because, let's be honest, there is no football club without the fans and they're always there. I think any good chairman will say that they're just the, the current ten, tenure of that club and it's actually the fans' club. That's a good thing you'd like to hear as a fan. And you just like someone to be honest and be open about things. Now, that doesn't mean revealing what players are earning. That doesn't mean feeling the ins and outs of everyone's medical details, but just a bit of information about how long someone's going to be out for, who you're trying to sign, a bit, a bit of openness is not a bad thing. And so far he's done that, and that's what I quite like, that's what I find refreshing. And I, I hope that when the games come along, I hope to see a manager that's passionate on the touchline. That's one thing that Derek Adams was, you know. Fans, I think, on the whole, like a manager that can rile people up, because he's your manager. You like the fact that other people don't like you and don't like your manager. And, I, and I'm sure that Ryan Lowe, being a scouser, will be quite, will be quite passionate on the sidelines. But even the way he talks about you know, Steven Gerrard, his connection with him and maybe hoping to get Rangers down for a pre-season friendly next season and his connections with Liverpool, everything he says, it's just so encouraging. And as you know, because I keep, won't heart stop harping on about it, I can't wait for the season to start. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see who the next signings are going to be. I'm excited to head down to Truro next Tuesday and I'm excited for the, for the first home game of the, of the new season. Danny, is he a manager you'd like to have played for? Well, yeah, on, looking at the outset, yes. I mean, I, I like a manager with enthusiasm, with drive, with passion. Um, but managers all come in different shapes and sizes, and some are quiet and some are not. And, and you know, the one thing that you've got to be is people fall in a trap of copying. Managers copy other managers. And there was this little thing quite a few years ago where all of a sudden, manager would not talk about certain things. I'll oh, keep it in-house, keep it in-house, keep it in-house. There's only so much you can keep in-house, especially with the media coverage now and with Sky TV and with everything else. And that doesn't work anymore. And I think, yes, you're right, Jack said that we don't want to know about the ins and outs of his family life. and I don't, I'm not interested. But supporters do want to know about certain things that happen on a daily basis at a football club. And I think that's where one or two of our managers have failed. John Sheridan failed at that, bad communication with supporters. And I think Derek Adams also failed on that. So players, players like for a manager to be open with them. And I think supporters like a manager to be open with them as well. Um, and I think that um, he's the sort of person on the offset. 
if things go well, I want to see what, when things, if hopefully it doesn't, but if things don't go well, what that's, it becomes. That's the test of... But I believe that if you believe in your own ability, you do the job the way you think you should, it should be done. You stay the same person all the way through. And if you get sacked because on-field results are not good enough, you get sacked on doing what you believe to be right. What you don't do is try and become a different person because you're scared of doing what you want and don't want to tell anybody about it just because it's failing. So, you know, if I, if I had the job and I suddenly I did it my way and it didn't work out and I got sacked, I would still do the same things and say the same thing because I've got to believe in, in trusting myself. Yeah, well, I mean, he's certainly come in and, and stamped his mark yeah. on the club already, isn't he? The first thing he did was cancel the trip to Holland, rearrange the pre-season trip to Spain. Um, you know, as I say, that's him making his mark on, on pre-season and, and doing things the way he wants to do it. How important is that, though? How important is, is pre-season for Ryan Lowe and, and Argyle? Well, if anybody used to read my articles, going all the way back to John Sheridan, I said that pre-season is so important that, you know, us are playing the local sides up to a point is okay because you're, you're trying to help the local teams and a little bit of publicity. But you have to have a certain standard of opposition to get you ready for a tough league campaign. And us playing the likes of Saltash and, and Tavistock and, and so on and so on, it, it's a waste of time. You might as well play first team versus the reserves. You know, it, you, you've got to play. My first two pre-season matches, if I remember rightly, was Arsenal and Aston Villa. Do you know what I mean? That's what prepares you for a tough season. Um, and us playing the likes of, and, and I said it even before, uh, Derek Adams suddenly came out the week after I said about it, I wrote an article about it, it's pointless us playing all these sides, local sides, we need tougher opposition. He said, yeah, I think we've got, we need tougher opposition in pre-season. But that should have been done years ago. Um, and if we can't get them, well, we, there's no way you can't get them. What you've got to do is make sure you organise it early. Mm. You've got to make sure you talk to these teams well in advance, offer them to come down, pay their expenses, tell them how lovely Plymouth is, tell them to come down and play, even if it's you know, championship sides, if we can't get Premier League sides. Well, I was going to say, that's a difficulty, isn't it? Because you see Premier League clubs these days, well, they go all over Europe. Yeah, all it over never world, used yeah. to happen in my day. We, we, they used to go local most of the time. But, but then you, you still got... have the likes of Cardiff who've come down. They played yes. Parkway, I think, last year. That loads. would have been a good test. Well, Cardiff, they're under-23s. are in the region over, over this summer as well. I, I just think it's tough now, isn't it? Because the, the timings of uh, Ryan Lowe's appointment has just yeah. made things very difficult. Um, but there's no, to me, I don't know if you agree, Danny, that it's no coincidence that Argyle have started slowly the last couple of years when they've had such poor pre-season opposition. And yeah, it's great to play teams like Parkway and, and build up slowly, but mm. it needs to carry on building up. You can't plateau from the very start. You, no. need, to, you need to build in Truro and Torquay and then, you know, are, are two good starters. And then Bristol Rovers, I think, will be a very good test because I'm also not convinced if you have a, a really good Premier League that come down where you barely get the ball, it will help your fitness, but I'm not sure that's always necessarily the best, in my view. I think a, a game against Bristol Rovers, who yeah. will be like a team you should face on a Saturday when the season starts, it might not draw in big crowds at home park, but it'll be a great test for that first but team. But you've also got to remember, a lot of the uh, big sides don't play all their first team players. Mm. Um, so you're getting a competitive game. Um, and, and the question I was asked, two years ago was why is it that we struggle at the start of the season why do we start so slow and my first comment was we don't play sides with the quality that we need to start a campaign and and that's where it stems from and uh, you know unless you get that kickstart where it's competitive and it's hard and you're you're going into tackles like a proper football match and you're being put under pressure 
It ain't any good. Winning 6-7-0 against Tavistock is not a pre-season. You, you might as well not have played that game because it will not do you any good at all because you're in a full sense of security. And then the last is you get to the time where you play Yeovil one week before the season starts, you lose 5-1 because yeah. you've not had that build-up or played and any then, yeah. and then And then it's no wonder the season starts so slow. I feel a bit for Ryan Lowe in this scenario. It's not, they've done well to get the Bristol Rovers fixture. Uh, I'm quite confident from hearing what he's had to say and like Rangers possibly and talking about the future, maybe Liverpool on the 23s team, who knows. But I'm, I'm quite confident that going forward, Ryan Lowe will be very... Well, Derek Adams, Derek Adams should have sorted that out last season. I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen to him, but he should have been organising pre-season and let, getting somebody at the club to talk to clubs about coming down here. That's what you've got to do, even if it's not him, because he's got football things to think about. One of the people at the club, this is what I'd like to do, phone up half a dozen clubs, phone up 20 clubs, phone anybody you can at a high level and see if they come down here pre-season so we can play some competitive football. And it never happens. And, and I think people, I think we get a little bit complacent, a bit lazy about it. Personally, I think we, we take the easy options um, and, and we think it's okay and it ain't okay. It could just be a location issue again. I mean, you know, yeah, with no never used to be. Never no. used to be. And, and people can say that all day long. And, and I've had this argument or this discussion with people about players. Players will come here, people saying, you know, if you give somebody a good enough reason to come to Plymouth, they'll come. How many people from Scotland did we get to come here when uh, Paul Sturrock was manager? You know, so why can't somebody come from the Midlands? Well, I was always surprised that the team under Derek Adams never went and did some sort, maybe some sort of Scottish pre-season tour with the Argyle team and play a few Scottish Premier League teams. And I'm surprised something like that never happened. It doesn't always have to be a case of people coming here. I know there's an expense to it, mm. but I personally am no. not sure that the Holland trip was particularly ever. You know, they played teams that are a second rate of the games. I, I, like I said, I think we we get lazy. I think we get lazy and we 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 don't think of it being as important as it actually is. A lot of people really do believe I, I mean in my my past and, and what, what I did and how we did it in pre-season we made sure that we were ready for from day one and uh, I don't think we've done that for years at Plymouth Argyle I think the difference now as well is that players are coming back for pre-season fit you know back in your day Danny I know you weren't I wasn't the case <laughs> you're, the, you're certainly the exception but a lot of your teammates would have been coming back overweight having spent yeah. six to eight weeks on a beach eating and drinking not doing any exercise yeah this day and age, players are coming back. The only thing they really need to work on is their match fitness. And as you say, if you're playing against Tavistock, Saltash and the likes, you're not going to get that sharpness you need for a, a League Two game. It's not relevant as much as it used to be where players come in two weeks before from a, a, like a signing and they say, they'll bed in fine. Fitness-wise, they'll be fine. Match sharpness is slightly different to being fit. It's just what the opposition give you, different problems and different processes that you have to go through but generally it doesn't take a player long I mean I never found it a problem switching from Brentford to Millwall from Millwall to Plymouth I go out there my first game on loan to Peterborough from Plymouth I got man of the match I didn't know any of the players I turned up on the day now I'm not saying that I'm I'm just saying that players I'm playing right back I know how to play right back so people want to sort of sometimes make it a myth that oh it's really difficult and it's really difficult and you know he's been coming down from and he doesn't know the players. I'm sorry, but I don't actually think that that is massively relevant. When you've got a player that's injured and doesn't come back fit, then he's got to take time. If a player comes, it takes him two or three days to know the players. It shouldn't take him that long to get into that environment. Um, and travelling long distances and signing for Plymouth Argyle, you give somebody the good wages and you give it a, a, them a club that's got potential, they'll come here. 
So this thing about, oh, I can't get players down here, that's an excuse. I'm sorry, but I've, I've been around a long time and I've heard managers. And there's, a loan system's different. If a player's going to go on loan, he'll want to stay local to his, unless he wants potential, unless he thinks that he's going to a club that he wants to sign for and, and prove himself. Some lazy players will go local and stay within their family, um, where, where their family live. Where if, I'm, if I'm signing for a club, my last thought is, oh, how far is it from where I live? I, absolutely none. I never, I never thought twice about leaving London to come to Plymouth. I could have gone to Charlton. I could have gone to Hull. I came to Plymouth. I came to Plymouth because I knew David Kemp. I loved the area. I thought it was a great place to bring up my kids. I never thought about anything else. You know, you, you offer a player a good wage and, the, uh, you know, sell the club to them. They'll come here. So I think sometimes managers make excuses when a player says, oh, I don't want to come to you. He'll go into the press and say, he really liked it here, but he was just too far to come and it was the location. You know, I'm sorry, but in this new world, it doesn't, no. it takes an hour to get to London and Newcastle with a plane. You know, so. it's, well, it's interesting what you say because you do hear it a lot from players that, you know, are foreign to the area, move down here like yourself. And the, the issue is quite often getting them out again because they come down here love it so much that they end up staying for the rest of their lives we keep trying to get rid of you don't we Danny <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah I know <laughs> so yeah but no I, honestly you know there might be the odd exception but believe me if, if somebody if, if, if a player has got three or four choices he will not go to a club just because it's near home he'll go potential and money if you give him enough money and you give him that to sell that club, that that club is going somewhere because he's a player that's moving forward, he'll move anywhere. But for players 35 years old, that might be a reason for him to stay near home if he can get a club nearby um, rather than come to Plymouth. But other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with what people say about uh, oh, Plymouth um, isolated and it's down the south. God, how long does it take to get here, for goodness sake? You know, if he wants to go back to home to the Midlands, how long does it take to get there? Well, well I'm going to um, Scott, uh, Aberdeen in uh, yeah. August, and it's only going to take me about three and a half hours to get there, so that's not too bad, is well, it? You, 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 fly, you fly from Exeter, it takes you, what, 45 minutes, about an hour yeah. to, to, to Newcastle. What I'm saying is we live in a small world now, and I think that that particular excuse for managers not getting players doesn't, doesn't hold with me anymore, I'm sorry. Well, Danny Mayer's uprooting and, yeah. and moving down here. His family exactly. are coming down as well, of course, so... Um, I'm sure he'll enjoy it when he comes familiar with the area. What are you guys hoping for the season then? I mean, obviously there's an awful lot of expectation on Argyle now with the signings they're making, the, you know, the new ownership, the grandstand and everything that's going on at the club. Have they got to be top seven? Yeah, without doubt. If they don't finish in the top seven, despite all the changes, it's a disappointing season. I think if you get relegated from a league and you've got a good budget and a manager comes in and says he's over the moon with the budget, if you don't finish in the top seven, that's a disappointment. Now, I'm not saying if for whatever reason... Ryan Lowe tries to play an attacking system and we're perhaps not as good as we should be when we finish 8th or ninth. we should sack him. No, I'm not saying that. But there's no doubting that if Argo don't finish in the top seven, it should be go down as a disappointment. The club, Simon Hallett's made no bones about the fact that it was a big setback to go down to League Two. They've got the new grandstand, which they're not going to want to have in League Two. They're going to want to have, to have that in League One and above. And Ryan Lowe's come down as is ambitious. And I think you and Chris said, he spoke more about wanting to be in the Championship than League One. Yeah, definitely. So there's no doubting that that it will be anything other than a disappointment without a top seven finish. And I think Ryan Lowe and Simon Hallett and everyone connected to the club will probably say the same. Yeah, well, like many clubs in this league, there's a lot of new managers, 
a lot of new players. So every, there's a lot of teams that are starting off exactly the same way. And yes, definitely, I, I agree with Jack. I've got um, Ryan Lowe will not want to not get promoted. He will want, he'll be looking at promotion to League One without a shadow of a doubt. And I think that top seven is a minimum requirement, personally, with, with everything that's going on at the club. The fact that we are, what I would say, relatively big club going down with the crowds that we get in comparison to other teams in that league, um, I think that uh, anything other than that would be a disappointment. And I think that quite rightly it should be a disappointment because unless you, you know, if, it's, if you turn around and say, oh, look, let's, let's survive the first season and let's bed in the... No, I'm sorry. Promotion for me is, is, is a requirement. Minimum requirement would be top seven. And you don't you don't pay compensation for a manager that's just been promoted to League One to, to finish mid table no. in League Two no. at the end of, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right, well we'll leave it on that note. <laughs> Jack, Danny, thanks ever so much for joining me no on the problem. podcast this week. Um, we'll be back again with more of the same next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.